Hey kids, are you excited in my snow today? Woo! Yeah. Oh, you're not. Well, go upstairs. I don't want to see your faces. <laughs> Can't be excited. Go upstairs. Get away from me. Children. Need some enthusiasm in this room. All right. So the title of today's message is How to Respond to a World Out of Control. Have you noticed the world is flying out of control? Oh, yeah, there's lots of craziness going on, and I'm not going to tread through all of that, but, you know, I mean, we had a whole year of pandemic and protests and politics, and we still can't get over politics, and, uh, you know, so we had a bunch of people show up on Washington Wednesday, and uh, there were some extremists. Okay, the kids are going with Araceli. I did tell you to go upstairs, so... I mean, I'm trying to get rid of you. I wish you would hurry up and leave. Bothering me. There we go. All right. I, I do love children in small doses. Hey! Well, you're small. All right. So, uh, yeah, I'm not trying to make light of anything. Um, what happened on Wednesday was ridiculous, to say the least. And, uh, but... In all honesty, what we're seeing then is what we have seen with protesters on the left. There are some people that have some good intent, but the protests are being ruined by those that are violent. There were plenty of protesters Wednesday that just went up there to make their voices known. There were, there were you know, some good, solid people there, but it was ruined by people that had violent intent. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quote a little proverb. What? It is snowing. It is snowing. Woo! Jubilee had to let me know. All right. They've been looking forward to it. They're fired. And now I, you're going to all walk out the back door. And oh, my goodness. Can I get some adults to herd these people back in the room, please? Uh, this is a meme that I read several years ago, and it was attributed to a Native American. Um, and it said, left wing, right wing. It's still the same bird. <laughs> yep. 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 Don't let yourself be driven by extremes and extremists. Amen? Amen. But the question is, and what I would like to answer uh, on four fronts today, or with, with four different possible answers today, is how do you respond to a world out of control? Well, number one, and some of you try to do this, you try to ignore it, Right? Um, you just want to get on with your life. How many of you would just like to get on with your life? How many of you would just like the government to just do its job and leave you alone? Yeah, I'm with you, right? I mean, it's like, every, it's, it's constant sensationalism and catastrophism and, oh, the sky is falling. I mean, you're like, you know what? I just want to raise my kids and live my life. And sadly, as much as I would like to ignore some of this, and honestly, I just, I don't pay attention to the media very much anymore because it is not news, it's editorial. Um, I have a news gathering uh, app on my phone. Um, and uh, in fact, I'm gonna try to, I can't remember the name of it. I'm gonna look at it real quick. It's called Ground News, like your feet are on the ground, news. And um, what it does is it aggregates all of the news sources everything that's being reported. And it says, this is the left, this is the right, this is the center. And so that's the way I've been keeping up with the news. But I didn't know 
all the drama that was going on on Wednesday until late in the day because I just don't pay attention to it, right? Now, that's the sort of news that I do want to know. I want to know about, want to pray for and respond to and so forth. Um, but I think I've told you several times this year that one of the ways to maintain your sanity is to stay off the news so often, to limit your time on social media. I've come to see that I, it, this is probably true of uh, any type of social media that you are uh, gratified by. For us old people, it's still Facebook, right? If you're on TikTok or whatever it is that you do, TikTok, I'm sorry, yeah, okay. Um, or uh, Instagram, I do have an Instagram. And uh, yeah, you, you can just be addicted to that all day long. And if you're on social media, even if you've curated your friends very carefully, it is impossible to ignore the drama that's going on. So what I'm just going to say is you just really can't ignore what's going on in the world. You should practice selective apathy. Now, that sounds like I'm advocating something that is bad. You need to know what not to care about. You need to know what you can and what you can't do something about, right? So if you don't like politician X, Y, or Z. If you already voted, there's nothing you can do about it. So why keep kvetching, right? That's not a bad word. It's a Jewish word, right? It means complaining. Kvetch, kvetch, kvetch. Listen, people that just don't ever close themselves off from that and they just continue to post and post and post. Yeah, Facebook has these tools. You can silence them for 30 days and I give you a break. And if after 30 days you come back and you're still kvetch, 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 then I unfollow you. Oh, we're still friends, but I don't hear anything you're saying. <laughs> and then, and I'm not saying you as in you, right? And then if someone is rude and disrespectful, unfriend. Now, that doesn't mean that I wouldn't be their friend. There's plenty of people who I've unfriended on Facebook and I would do anything for them. But they don't know how to act and they don't know how to treat people, right? So all that to say, um, you know, I, I've gotten off of Facebook. I've taken Facebook off my phone for, I think I took it off my phone for about six months, but then I found myself wanting to post stuff on there and I'd have to go down, turn my computer on, da, 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 da. So I have it back on my phone, but I have no notifications. So I don't have that little circle down there. It's not, you know, popping me and saying, hey, 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 all the time. Really? And it's, if you have a watch, it's even worse. It's like, it's like somebody tapping you on the shoulder constantly all day long. You don't need all that, right? Just turn off all the notifications. That's how I deal with it. But I'm just saying, it's really not possible. And ultimately, it's not healthy to just ignore everything that's going on. You do need to get on with your life, but we've got to navigate these shark-infested waters, don't we? We've got to deal with it, all right? So uh, number two, might seem like the extreme of seeking to ignore it. And this is to withdraw. This is also known as the Benedict option. And it is, uh, this is actually what people are doing. And there's an entire book that's been written called the Benedict option. And uh, that is after St. Benedict, who was the first uh, monk in the West. Now, you know, you, when you think of a monk, you might think of a friar, somebody that wears a, uh, a you know, a, a, a rough, looking um, brown habit, they call it, right? With a hood and they shave their head a certain way and those sorts of things, okay? But um, withdrawal was what 
the monastics did in order to get out of the Roman world that had just gone crazy. You think we've got some craziness going on. You need to look at the history of Rome and what was going on. In, now we're getting there. And several years ago, I preached through Romans and I, you know, I, I made that case that we are Rome. We're just a few steps behind, but the things that are being advocated today, that was what was being advocated at, are you listening? The fall of the Roman empire. Do you think the United States is going to just sovereignly stay the way it is forever? No. We have been given a gift from God and this country is collectively turning its back on God. Yep. And we are seeing the consequences of that but you don't have to do that. So one of the options is to withdraw, right? Take your kids out of school, move to the country, grow your own food, drop off the grid. You don't have to be, believe it or not, you don't have to be on Facebook. I don't know that any of you are on Twitter. I've been on Twitter for like five, six, seven years and I've never seen any of you on Twitter. You probably just don't follow me and you don't care. All right. (laughs) Pastor, you're not cool and you're not famous, and so we don't care, right? We hear enough of you at church. Well, I was on Twitter primarily so that I could get the news, and prior to the ramp up and all the drama over the last year, I would check Twitter a couple times a day just to keep up with the news. And then I was like, dude, this is too much. So I focused on once a day, and then it was a couple times a week. And here recently, I mean, it's two weeks before I'm on Twitter. So uh, Twitter, among other, large Silicon Valley organizations monolithically decided to cancel some uh, notorious individuals. And so I just deactivated my Twitter account. I don't need it. Just don't need it. Not interested. It's symbolic, right? I don't agree with everything that this certain person says or their temperament or their attitude or whatever. In fact, this certain person that I'm referring to, I wish they would have stopped tweeting so often on Twitter a long time ago. And this certain person might've gotten reelected right? But that you think that you have the gall and audacity, the sanctimonious self-righteousness behind deplatforming individuals like the president of the United States is bracingly arrogant. I'm done. Now, Facebook did the same thing, but a lot of you are on Facebook, so I'm going to stay there because it's valuable, right? My point is we don't have to be on all of these sources. Some of it is what's driving us nuts anyway, okay? So ignoring certain things, it's not entirely bad. Withdrawing though, um, it is an option, but it's gonna be very, very different for you. I mean, are you guys familiar with the Pennsylvania Dutch, Dutch, the Amish? That's kind of a a modern uh, version of complete withdrawal. They use no technology. They live on farms uh, by themselves. They have their own self-sustaining communities. They do what I said. They grow their own food, all of that. It's an option, but they're cut off from the world. So the question is, how would you fulfill the Great Commission that way? You guys familiar with the Great Commission? It's the last command that Jesus gave before he left the planet. Do you know what it was? Jesus said, all power and authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Do you know what that means? That means Jesus is saying, I can do anything I want. Now, there are certain politicians that think they can do anything they want. They have been proven wrong. But Jesus Christ is the son of almighty God, and he can literally do whatever he wants. Yes, he can. 
So he could have told us to do anything. Amen. He could have told us to feed the poor. Right. Well, that's a, that's a good thing. And we should be doing that. And it's one of the things that he indicated that we should do. Right. He could have told us to be kind to each other. And that's a good thing. And we should do that. Yep. You know what the last command was? Go into all the world and make disciples. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe everything that I have taught you. Well, see, if you do that, then you're teaching people to do these other things because you're encouraging them by sharing the gospel to become a disciple of Jesus. How are you going to do that with anyone other than your own kids if you just withdraw completely, drop off the grid altogether? So I don't think that that's an option, at least not at this point in time, all right? The other thing that you can do is fight. You can debate and get into politics, protest, try to change the system. You know, I've been told by a number of, of people, I've been patronized by several of my former youth, in fact. Um, I've been told, well, you have a platform. You, you know, you, you're a leader. You shouldn't be saying things like that. I'm gonna stand before Almighty God and one of my former youth, no matter how intelligent, is not my judge. In fact, they're not even on the jury. Now, I will be accountable. I will receive criticism, right? That was really one of the lessons I hope you learned last week. When the scripture says that he who ignores discipline despises himself, it's not just self-discipline and working out and that sort of thing. It's correction. It's being willing to receive correction from somebody else. If your intent is to help and to build someone up, then they need to be willing to receive correction, even if it's not pleasant. I had to give some unpleasant correction last night to someone who was putting themselves in harm's way. And I had to be very, very parental and very direct. And, um, you know, it, I was not intending to be harmful, but some people just, they get angry at that. I'm not going to get, I'm not getting defensive. I'm a human being. But I can tell when somebody's intent is to help, to edify, and when they're just trying to win points with their group, right? So I'm really not interested in you trying to win me over to your political viewpoint or to win points with your group. There are people who disagree with me, and I am happy to receive that. I don't think that debate is a bad thing. The problem is not debate, it's dispute. Now, that might seem like those might seem like synonyms to you, might seem like I'm just cutting a very, very fine line. No, they're, they're very different. See, healthy debate means you bring out the evidence and you evaluate the evidence and you do it in a way that allows everybody to objectively view the evidence. And then you make determinations on that basis. Dispute is when people just point fingers at each other, gripe at each other, holler, holler at each other. Um, the most common uh, what we call a, this is an informal logical fallacy. It's called the ad hominem argument. Do you know what an ad, an ad hominem argument is? You're in a debate with somebody and, and they say, oh yeah, well, you're stupid. Have they pre presented any evidence by saying that? No. no. Absolutely. You're a moron. You just don't get it. Those are all ad hominem arguments. They have not presented any evidence. And in fact, people turn to ad hominem arguments often when they don't have any evidence. So I operate on the premise of respect. If you respect me, you can tell me just about whatever you want. Just show me respect. If you disrespect me, we're not gonna be friends. I'll love you, I'll do anything I can for you, but we are not gonna be friends. 
I am not friends with people on Facebook that disrespect me. I don't deal with it. I don't care how long ago I knew them. There's this idea that, well, I knew you, you know, back when I was a teenager and you were in your 30s and that was a long time ago. That doesn't mean you know me. And that doesn't mean that just because you're in your 30s or 40s now that you have the right to disrespect me. You don't. You don't ever get that right. Now, I'm talking about me, but hopefully you're taking this to heart and you're not conducting yourself in a similar fashion, or you're not allowing people to treat you like that. You don't need people like that in your life. You just don't. Now, you can be kind and courteous and caring to people without trusting them and without getting into a relationship with them where you have any sort of dependency whatsoever, right? It just doesn't pay to fight these fights, right? You see these people getting in Twitter fights and they're getting in Facebook fights and they, you know, it doesn't do anything. It doesn't accomplish anything, right? It's, it's all heat and all smoke and no real fire anyway. It's just pointless. It's useless. So if somebody wants to get into a healthy debate, then I'm happy to do that and provide evidence. And they can say, oh, okay, well, here's this, this, this. And then they present that. But if all they're going to do is be negative and disrespectful, and that's what I see going on out there, um, there is a time to debate and to discuss things. But I would say at the present time, it is wise to ask the question, what is the point? What am I trying to accomplish? By responding to this person who has said something that I consider offensive, what do I wish to accomplish here? Do I think I'm going to win them over? Do I think I'm going to win their followers over to me? What's the, I have to ask that question all the time. Because some people say the most ridiculous things. And I just want to say, that's ridiculous. Here's why. <laughs> right? But people don't receive correction. They don't want to hear it. They just want to hear people tell them what they already believe. All right? So what I'm trying to get at is we've been seeing this, uh, this tendency to try to protest and change the system and so forth for years now. What's the result? What's, what's the result? Deep division. Mutual contempt. We don't see anything positive coming out of it, do we? Now, I'm by nature a fighter, right? Pastor Craig is by nature a fighter. We like to fight. I don't mean physically fight, although that's kind of fun too. <laughs> but you have to learn when to just let it go, right? You have to learn when to just let people go their way, do their thing. And I mean, I like to fight, you know, when it concerns anything. It's like, no, no, you're, I'm sorry, you're wrong. But I've, I've not been that way for years, right? I want people to do what's right. I want to see justice done. I really do. And it doesn't matter whether you think that's a left or a right issue. It's not. It's God's issue. So I'm driving to uh, my gym yesterday. And a guy in a Mercedes is bobbing and weaving through traffic and just about sideswipes. And this car is probably worth twice the, you know, what my truck is worth. It just about sideswipes me and the next person. And then lo and behold, he turns into Lifetime Fitness. You know what I was going to do, don't you? <laughs> I was going to park and I was going to watch where he came from and I was going to go up to him and I was going to say, hey, what's the hurry? You almost hit my car. Why do you think you need to do that? 
but the Lord arranged for me not to see who it was because they, I don't know why they were hunting and pecking for parking spots and whatever. I just let Providence happen. I didn't go searching the guy. I, I suspect though that I did see this person inside the gym, but at that point it was obvious that this is not something I need to be doing. We all need to watch, or at least watch the trailer for the movie Unhinged. And then you will not want to get into a fight with anybody in traffic. You will not want to honk your horn for a long period of time with anybody in traffic because you might end up uh, having one of these unhinged fellows that uh, get in your uh, rearview mirror and start chasing you around. All right. I like this quote. Uh, it is variously um, attributed but most commonly, this quote is attributed to George Bernard Shaw. The trouble with wrestling with pigs is you both get dirty and the pig likes it. There are people that just want to fight, right? We call them trolls. You got any trolls in your life? They've just got to constantly comment and tell you that you're wrong and you're stupid and they want to fight, 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 fight. That's what they want to do. And so when you enter into that with them, then you just get in the mud and you both roll around and you're like, oh, this is terrible. And they're like, yeah, isn't it? I love it. <laughs> terrible. So none of those answers, I think, are, are valid uh, responses to a world out of control. But this one is. Shine. Remember that if you belong to Jesus, you are here to reflect his light, right? You're not the sun, you're the moon, amen? amen. And the moon can get mighty bright at night, can it? Yeah. You ever been one of those nights when it's so, the moon is so bright in the sky that it's like, you don't need any light. That's like, wow, it's just really, really bright. The world is getting darker and you and I need to be about the business of shining. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness. You need to follow close enough to Jesus so you stay in the light. Amen. Can I just say this? It doesn't matter how dark the world is getting. Jesus is still the light. Amen. The darker the world gets, the lighter Jesus appears to be. Amen. Stay in the light. Amen. Yeah. All right. That's uh, in fact, first John says God is light uh, and there's no darkness in him at all. And says, if we, if we uh, stay in the light with him and we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. You need to stay in the light. Amen. Stop walking out of the light and getting into the darkness. But this is more than that. This means you need to shine. You need to shine your light. What did Jesus say? Um, he said, let your light so shine before people that they will see your good works and they will glorify your father in heaven. Not glorify you. Your purpose is not to be sanctimonious and self-righteous and, uh, you know, as people call it today, virtue signaling. Have you heard this term? Virtue signaling. It's basically, hey, I'm on the right side of history, right? And you're not. You're just backward. You don't know anything. If you knew anything, you would be like me. That's virtue signaling. And Christians have... Uh, done that for, for years, and now it's uh, being done by those that are not Christians. But nonetheless, we need to choose to shine our light. Christ is the light to guide the nations. In fact, I read that this morning in Isaiah 42, 6, and that's what our world needs to see. They don't need to see us arguing and griping and complaining and electing this or that person. They need to see us shining our light. 
And the, then the very next verse, uh, Isaiah 42, 7, says that Jesus will open their blind eyes. Amen? And you, you should check this out today, maybe. Read John chapter 9. Jesus healed a man who was born blind. You know, in a very real sense, we're all born spiritually blind. But Jesus can give you that spiritual sight if you come to him. But as I was saying, um, I don't want to just be in the light. That's important. That's the first step. But I want to reflect the light out into a dark world. Um, this is the scripture that came to mind that is the basis for this entire sermon. Uh, this is Isaiah 60 verses 1 and 2. Um, Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and Thick darkness, the peoples, that's the nations, the, the ungodly nations. But the Lord will arise upon you and his glory will be seen upon you. That is actually a prophecy to God's people, Israel. And because we partake of Israel's promises, because we've been grafted into that olive tree, we become a partner and a part of the people of God through Jesus Christ. Then that promise is also made to us rise and shine. Did, did any of you older folks like me, did uh, a parent or grandparent ever come in the room when you're asleep and say, rise and shine? This is where it comes from. What it means is shine the light that Christ is shining on you. Reflect that light. You, We need to stop being bogged down with all of this horrible negativity, this catastrophism that we see everywhere. Guys, God's word hasn't changed. Jesus hasn't changed. God didn't fall off the throne on Wednesday. He didn't even do a face plant. He's sovereign, almighty God. Amen? See, if you'll get a hold of that, you will be perpetually positive. It is impossible to have faith in a good and loving God and not be positive all the time. I drag myself up or I allow the Lord to drag me up out of the gutter all the time by being reminded of these promises. Can I just tell you this? I think 2021 is going to be the best year yet. Amen? Amen. I'm not just wishful thinking. I'm trusting the Lord. I'm going to believe that because there are promises in the word that I can put my hope in. That has nothing to do with circumstances. Right. Now, if over the last four years you were trusting the federal government because your side had control of the executive office, you have now come to the place where you realize that that is foolish because now the other side has the executive office. Yep. If you're waiting for the government to pay you, to give you free stuff, Ultimately, hopefully things will get better for you, but ultimately that's not going to make you happy. That's not going to fulfill you, right? Government is not God. Amen? Amen. So don't let anything or anyone else fulfill that role that only God should have in your life. All right. So I can say that, but I'm going to go, I'm going to dig deeper down. Okay. So I'm saying shine, but how do you do that? How do you shine? Well, be the change, right? Don't just point the finger, but be the change. Supposedly, that's what Gandhi said. Be the change that you want to see in the world. And as I've said in here recently, that is a, just kind of a restatement of the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Show people what you want. Be what you want. 
Quit blaming everybody else. Stop being a victim and start being a victor. Amen? Amen. I got that from Pentecostal Church. (laughs) But see, too many of us are in a victim mentality. We're just picked on. Nothing's going our way, right? Oh man, this went wrong and that went wrong and the other thing went wrong. You can be a person of faith no matter what's going on in the world, no matter what your circumstances are, and you will find that God will drag you up out of those circumstances and make your life wonderful even in the midst of the darkness. Amen? Amen. I believe that. And I'm sharing that because I want you to believe that. Do good. Love people. Live a positive life of faith in the face of a dark, negative world. Amen? Live in such a way that people will want what you have. People should look at you and say, what are you so happy about? What is going on in your life? Why, why do you have that smile on your face? You say, well, I don't. If you listen to me today, you will. <laughs> and I can smile now. I got braces. <laughs> I got straight teeth now. I can make a big smile. You know what? You don't hear something that's this funny? So my entire life, I, my you know, adult teeth started coming in when I was about 10 and uh, was going to the dentist and getting all these fillings. And dentist told my mom, uh, he's going to have to have braces at least by the time he's 12 because his teeth are just, you know, very crowded. Well, we couldn't afford that. And so I never did. So from the time I was 12 until about a year and a half ago, I didn't ever smile with my mouth open if I thought about it. Now, that didn't mean I didn't laugh and whatever, but I look at pictures and I'm like, oh, mercy, man, you know, because I was embarrassed. So if you, you know, seen me around recently, maybe you see me smiling more. But the reason I'm mentioning this is because um, when I smile now, it's weird. I smiled with my mouth closed for so long that now when I smile with my teeth like this, I feel like I'm being phony. (laughs) I was like, what the heck is going on? Does this look stupid? I don't know. Is this how you're... I literally don't know how to smile. It's a joke, I know, but I don't know how to smile. It's so... So I had the privilege of uh, of uh, taking a picture with little Shiloh in his new gi the other night. I was standing right here and he was standing right here. And he's so cute, he can just do whatever he wants, right? You know, I, I, Craig was trying to get him to do this and that. He said, Craig, Shiloh, don't tilt your head. He knows he's cute, Craig. He knows he's cute. He tilted his little head like this. And so I'm holding my smile like this, and I'm like, I bet this looks stupid. (laughs) I feel like a Cheshire cat. I feel like a, you know, uh, one of those carved pumpkins or something, right? No, but you, you know, God gives you a reason to smile. He gives you a reason to be happy. He gives you a reason to put that forth into this dark, horrible world. Resist the temptation of being negative, right? Uh, Everything is too negative. I like this. Uh, This is from Psalm 112. Uh, This is verse four and uh, verses seven and eight. Light arises in the darkness for the upright. He is gracious and compassionate and righteous. And then verses seven and eight, he will not fear bad news. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? Did you hear that? He will not fear bad news. And that's all we hear. But you don't have to fear. But this is saying somebody who's righteous, that's somebody that's in Christ, will not fear bad news. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. His heart is upheld. He will not fear. Now, that's interesting. It says that your heart is upheld. 
That means God is holding your heart, right? So what happens is we let all of this negative darkness get in our heart and it's, it's like dark matter, it's heavy. And it weighs us down and it presses down. But it doesn't matter what the world says. It doesn't matter what other people are saying. It doesn't matter what the threat seems to be to your reputation, to your finances, to your freedom. God's word is still the same. He's offering this opportunity for us to step into a very, very positive light and to to reflect that positive light onto other people, all right? So um, how are we going to shine, right? I've been general, now I'm gonna be specific, right? First, love people instead of ignoring them or showing them contempt and hatred. Um. What did Jesus say? He said, you've heard it that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your father who is in heaven. For he makes his son rise on the evil and the good and sends his reign on the just and on the unjust. That means you can love that person from the other political party, from the other viewpoint. You can actually love somebody that hates you. That doesn't mean you trust them but it means that you try to do your best to do good for them. And then you leave them, you leave them to deal with that, however they're, they're going to, to deal with that. If you find yourself continuously hating on people, you need to hear this. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen, right? Number next, this is how you shine. Speak the truth in love rather than accepting or repeating lies. Okay, just hold on here because I'm gonna say something that might bother some of you. This includes unsubstantiated conspiracy theories. Hello. This includes spreading rumors. They're lies if you can't prove that they're the truth. The problem is we get these little snippets and we base our information on memes. Really? (laughs) So there was a quotation that was, and it's probably still going around on Facebook, that uh, has uh, been attributed to Dave Ramsey. And, you know, it's it's talking, you know, the conservative cause and so forth. And and I went over to Dave Ramsey's site and he said, yeah, there's, there's a, quote that's going around that's attributed to me. And he said, that's not me. And then he did this funny quote. He said, uh, what is something about, you can't believe everything you read on the internet, Abraham Lincoln, right? (laughs) So just because somebody posted doesn't, so I reposted something, not because I bought everything that it said, but because I thought that it got to the root or the heart of why these people went to Washington and protested. And it was supposedly or purportedly a letter that Ted Nugent had written on his Facebook page. I ended up taking it down. I didn't even check it out. I thought, you know what? This is probably not true either. What happens is people have something to say, but they don't think anybody's gonna listen to them, so they attribute it to somebody famous. Probably what we all need to do is take two steps back and we need to check into things and we need to look from multiple sources. That's why I recommend this ground news. Rather than just looking at your favorite news site, whether that's OAN or whether that's CNN, those are your two extremes, by the way. Um, Fox is being berated, but it has actually moved 
further toward the center than it was previously. Uh, but in any event, um, you should look at multiple news sources and see how this is being reported before you just knee-jerk react to it and publicize it, before you just believe whatever is being said out there. And I have been as guilty as anybody of getting drawn into these sorts of things. We need to not speak lies, and that includes not uh, passing along rumor and unsubstantiated conspiracy. And by the way, gossip too, right? Um, listen to this scripture. This is uh, Ephesians 4, 15. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ. So when you do speak to somebody, you speak to them, whether it is encouragement or admonition, you speak to them with the purpose of edifying them. Amen? With the purpose of building them up. That's what you should be asking yourself. Is this going to build anybody up besides your own ego? If it's not, then it's not something that you and I should say, all right? So, uh, number next, focus on the good news and share it with anyone who will listen. When you hear bad news, you need to pray, but then you need to trust God and then turn back to the good news of the grace of God and share it with others. That's our mission. I already quoted Matthew 28, 19, and 20 earlier, right? Make disciples. Jesus also said, um, you will receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the remotest part of the earth. You want to hear something? Every one of those first 12 apostles, except John, was martyred for their faith. They were willing to die for what they believed, for preaching the gospel. And some of us are not willing to deal with negative comments on Facebook because of what we might say, right? So as I said earlier, speak the truth in love, but let's focus on the good news. Let's not focus on negativity. We've been told to go into all the world and make disciples, right? And that's what we should do. Um, focusing on the good news means I need to spend more time in the word and with God than I do on social media, than I do paying attention to any news source. Whatever your news source, OAN, Fox, CNN, MSNBC, they're all spreading a bunch of difficult, bad news. We continue to focus on the good news that is found in Jesus, right? Number next, this is how you shine. Pray often and then offer to pray for other people. Pray often and offer to pray for other people. Have you ever asked someone, can I pray for you? You know how you can do this? You can say, how can I pray for you? Or you can say, I want to remember you in prayer. Do you have any prayer requests? Now, what I find is a lot of people in the world will go, huh? No, huh? I'm, I'm fine. Nothing's wrong. <laughs> like, I'm not saying something's wrong with you, right? So that's why I don't say, I'll pray for you. Because then they think you think something's wrong with them, right? But you can say, hey, I'm going to remember you in prayer. What prayer requests do you have? Now, I will find that there will be people like, I just found her card. There was a lady that stopped in here one night. Um, she was out here with her kids and she ended up, one of her kids was playing with one of our karate kids. Now, this was not on a karate night. It was on another night. And the karate kid's uh, dad or grandpa, I think he's being raised by his grandpa. Um, 
And this lady started talking and she liked the fact that their, that their kids were playing together. And she said, hey, can we share information? And this grandpa said, hey, they have a karate club in here, my kid's in it. So all of her kids came in here and they're sitting on the floor with Adrian right here talking karate. Well, she saw the cards that we have sitting on the, the, um, the box that you can put your offering in or that you can put a feedback card or prayer request in. And she took one and she put her number on there and she put a prayer request on there and she shared with me. There are people that are hurting, friends. See, but here's the problem. You think, well, I'm hurting so much. I don't have time for that. That's exactly why you need to be praying for other people. Because then you're trusting your hurts to God and you're turning outward. See, the problem is we're just constantly turned inward. We're just taking a perpetual selfie. And we need to turn outward, flip it around and let your camera view the outside world. Amen. All right. That's, I know that's a little stout, but nonetheless, okay. Pray often, pray for other people, right? And then another, this is another way to shine. I hope you're writing these down. Believe God for healing, deliverance, and salvation in your life and in the lives of others. Oh, Pastor Daryl San Pentecostal. He said, save, delivered, and healed. Save, delivered, and healed. <laughs> Do you want to be saved? Yes. Do you want to be saved? Yes. Do you want to be healed? Yes. We've got someone right now that's at home, got COVID. Do we want that person to be healed? Yes. When you're sick, do you want people to pray for you? Yes. Do you believe that God heals people today? Yes. Then why don't we pray for healing and expect him to do something about it? Now, I'm going to elevate my expectations in accordance with God's word. I'm going to continue to press on in faith. God will do what God will do. And I'm just going to tell you what I am doing right now in my life related to COVID. I'm staying healthy, number one. Number two, I'm staying six feet away from y'all. I love you, right? Now, karate kids, I get a little closer to them. I got to do this and that, but I stay six feet away from y'all, all right? I don't want your germs. I'm trying to stay healthy. I'm trying to do all that. Now, I will not get this, period. Say, we'll see. Yep, we will. I reject it. I refuse it. I do not receive it, yeah. period. Amen. The problem is we're just like walking around with open arms saying, well, you know, whatever happens, happens. And I just don't know. And, you know, I hope that God will. What kind of faith is that? Exactly. What kind of faith is that? There's no faith in that. Now, I've gotten sick before. I've dealt with things. I'm not trying to advocate for, you know, I'll never get sick with anything and God's never going to do that. But I'm going to tell you, I don't think you should go around in life just assuming that bad things are going to happen to you. You should go around in life assuming that God is going to protect you. Amen? Amen? And you do what you're supposed to do. You don't put yourself in harm's way. You don't jump up on the top of the church up here and, and step off and say, okay, God, catch me. Right? Right. Like if I go in a room and somebody's coughing up a, you know, a lung or something like that, and they're not covering their mouth, I'm like, hey, back up, back up. Get away from me. I don't, I don't, I don't even want your cold. Right? I don't want your cold. I don't want your flu. I don't want your COVID. I don't want any of that. 
So for right now, we can all air hug. It's fine. I'm good with that. Okay. Fist bump. I'm just not going to lick my knuckle. <laughs> all right. You should assume and believe that God wants to save you, that God wants to heal you. Do you want to be delivered from your addiction? Do you want to be delivered from stress and oppression and panic attacks? Do you want that? Then why aren't you asking and why aren't you expecting God to do anything about it? No, I want to encourage you, man. I want you to press in. I want you to stop walking around and looking at your shoes and assuming that bad things are going to happen to you. When you assume bad things are going to happen to you, guess what happens? Yeah, bad things. Why is that? Right? I'm not trying to, you know, uh, tell you that, uh, that, that this is just an automatic thing, but I am going to say that there's a proverb that says, if you look for trouble, it will find you. It says the one who seeks for good will find favor. Do you look for the good in other people? Yes. Do you look for God to do good things in your life? Yes. Then you will find favor. But if you look for trouble, it will find you. That means if you're going out and you're trying to start fights, okay? If you're going out and uh, you are assuming, well, you know, I, I'm going to get this, so might as well just get it and get it over with. No, I'm not going to get this. I don't want it. And I reject it. I know some of you are sitting there going, well, we'll see. Yes, we will. But see, you're waiting to see, and I'm already seeing. Do you know why I'm already seeing? Because I have faith. I want you to have faith. I want you to have faith for your family. I want you to have faith for your kids. Now, I prayed the same thing for you guys as well. I fasted for 21, 22 days, and several people have gotten this. But you know what? It just really hasn't affected them at all. It's been a very minor thing on the whole for everybody that's gotten this, right? On the line with a cold or the flu or something like that. I'm continuing to believe for you as well, right? I can't pronounce the will of God for your life, but I am saying that you and I need to live lives where we believe with all of our heart that we're saved, delivered, and healed. When people see that, they will want what you have. What they see is that you're no different than them. So they don't believe that you serve a supernatural God. I serve a supernatural God. And if you believe in the same God, so do you. All right. And then the final one is you say, Pastor, I thought this was going to be a short sermon and it's long. All right. I'm leaving out some scripture here. All right. The final one is openly testify and give God glory for the miracles that he works in your life. This is the shine part. You've got to receive those miracles that God wants to work in your life, and then you need to openly speak of them. You need to openly testify. This requires as much faith as it does to ask in the first place. And I believe this. It may be that the reason you don't see anything happening in your life is because you don't give God credit for what he's already done. Why should God work any further in your life? You won't give him credit for what he's already doing kind of an interesting thought, isn't it? Go back and figure out where and when you stopped giving God glory for everything in your life and start there. And I bet you'll see God start working in your life again. Amen. All right. I could go a little, little further with this. All right. 
But I will say, you testify, you do whatever you're going to do, and there's going to be people that are going to mock you, scoff at you, scorn you. Jesus said, don't throw your pearls to pigs. Right? Don't, don't give what is holy to the dogs. But that doesn't mean I'm going to shut up either. It means I'm going to look for people that want to hear the good news. Right? So I'm careful. I just talk to people like I talk to people all the time. And if I testify about something that God's doing in my life, and they're kind of like looking like, eh, then I just don't keep pressing on and beating them up with it. They don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear it. They're lost. But I'm available, and I'm still going to shine. I hope you're going to do that too. So we have one more song. And what I hope you'll do is you will enter in and ask the Lord what he wants you to do in response to this message today. And I hope you'll realize that what you need to do is shine, right? Amen.